Welcome to another episode of Paul on Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got a friend of the show, Eric Christian. He's with Tollgrade. Uh, they're a UK-based um, smart grid solutions provider, and uh, well, we're going to talk about the uh, smart grid. Isn't that right, Eric? Welcome to the show. Alex, great to join you again. Oh, the pleasure is mine. As uh, you and the audience knows, I just love talking about the smart grid from as many perspectives as possible because it is a multifaceted situation, much like the uh, blind men and the elephant. You know, it's not that you're blind, it's that you see it from your perspective, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and depending on where you grow up, uh, you might see different things. So it's, a, it's an apt analogy. You're absolutely right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, the the aspect of the elephant, as it were, that I'd like to talk about today is it's the whole thing about alternate energy because to some people, the smart grid is just the grid infrastructure. Some, it's the logic. But, of course, obviously, when you start talking about alternate energy, it, talk, it, inter, it involves all of those facets, right? Absolutely. And to throw another analogy at you, it's, it's like the onion. It, once you start peeling back one layer, you, you realize there's so many layers underneath. Um, and what we're seeing is, especially in the U.K., I think the U.K. is leading, the U.K. and some parts of Europe, uh, Germany specifically, are really leading the world in the introduction of renewable energy and from a regulatory perspective, putting a lot of emphasis on incentivizing utilities to add in distributed generation, renewable generation, and that's really causing an interesting paradigm shift, uh, for us at least, and I think for the market, in how utilities are going to react to a totally different electricity flow from generation to low voltage, something that they've been very familiar with for 100-plus years, and now it's, gonna, it's going to change. Exactly, and it's a complete sea change, Eric. I agree with you completely. Uh, it, it's such a mind-boggling thing to contemplate how this, it, we are literally at the cusp of major industries changing. One of the um, examples, anecdotes I love to use is uh, I can, I'll use it with you, Eric. I mean, can can you think of in the last ten ten or so years a multi billion dollar industry that vanished from the face of the earth for all intents and purposes, sinking at least one major multinational corporation on every continent and multi millions of jobs and billions of dollars? And if you asked someone today, they'd be hard pressed to tell you what industry it was. You're right. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't doubt that most people would have a problem trying to figure that out. But if you think about it, uh, you owned a film camera when you were a young man, right? And not just that. I uh, was, unfortunately was a Kodak stockholder at one point. So <laughs> I, 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 felt, I felt I I can empathize with that uh, analogy uh, in multiple ways. Well, and 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 there you go. You you had an entire industry based on a chemical. Film stock, chemical-based, photo finishing, chemical processes, liquid, silver, um, chemi- chemistry. You know, you're basically using um, oxidized silver to make images on pieces of paper that you have from ground-up trees, of course. And people would go, oh, my goodness, you know, 20 years from now, children will wonder people actually did that kind of stuff. But when it comes to basic stuff like energy, not only is it the vested interest, but it's also the societal inertia. But we're facing just as radical a sea change in energy as we faced in information. 
maybe even more radical, and, and I completely agree with you, Alex, I mean, maybe even more radical, and the issue is, unlike the, the um, film industry, um, this is an industry that's really a mission-critical network that grows and, and uh, provides sustenance for economies all around the world. So it's, it's in some ways even more important that, that we get this right as we start to add on all these different new types of generation and new technologies. And one of the things that I think is really interesting about where the industry is going over the next 10, 15, 20 years is in some ways we've already thought through the end case, or, or at least we're starting to think through the end case of everybody's got PV on their house and we're driving battery-operated cars and and um, but the intermediate steps may be the difficult, most difficult part of that journey, you know. And and one of the things we're seeing, Western Power Distribution in the UK is an example um, of a DNO that's being really progressive and thinking about this already. Is how do they reexamine what capacity means at a distribution utility when they think about renewable energy? Because energy is not going to flow one direction any longer. So. They have to really re-examine and add a, a, an incredible amount of monitoring to the distribution grid and sensing technology to really better understand what they have now, where they need to inf- reinforce later, where to invest, where not to invest. And then, it, you know, taking that conversation further, now they're starting to think about what are areas from a socioeconomic standpoint that are going to experience load growth. So it's really fascinating to see these to see all of the utilities grapple with what is the future going to be, and how do we get there vis-a-vis renewable energy? Got it. Well, obviously, there's no true intelligence without feedback. There's no precision, even in a human system, without feedback. You've got to have a ruler. You've got to have lines on the ruler that everybody agrees are the same distance apart. It's not just a, a, an issue of there it is. It has to be measured and quantified. That's right. And, and the other uh, challenge we have today in the world of uh, cell phones and, and terabytes of data and, and everything else is it, too much data is is almost a hindrance as well. So it's it's quanti- it's quantifying, but not by quantity. It's quantifying by real bite-sized, actionable pieces of intelligence that, from a, a big data perspective, don't overwhelm a decision maker. You know that really funnel in raw data into into intelligence. Got it, got it. Well, now, we've said all of this, Eric. How is this manifested, this philosophy manifested in product and services currently at Tollgrade and how you're helping this whole thing move along? We've been thinking about renewables for quite some time. Um, one of the reasons being that we are well-established in the, in the United Kingdom and in parts of Europe that are further ahead um, in dealing with some of these challenges and also because of some of the customers we have in the United States are very progressive when it comes to renewables. And so one of the things that we have been developing and, and are now introducing is a, a very cost-effective sensing technology that is an all-in-one solution, wirelessly communicates back information, not just on current, but also voltage and outage information, directionality, all of the things that you need in order to, A, plan, have, have capacity and load planners in these utilities, understand where areas where they can take on distributed generation, but maybe even more importantly, instead of reinfor- blindly reinforcing all areas of the uh, distribution network, 
which is a very, you know, very, very expensive to utilities, being a lot more systematic about it and saying we can bring on distributed generation and, and renewables in these specific areas if we actively monitor the network so that if things go wrong, if they're backfeeding too much um, power back into the grid, that we can shut them off. And that concept of active monitoring around renewables um, is something that we've focused a lot of our energy on and have uh, har- sensing hardware technologies and software to help uh, help utilities along the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's such a wide space as well. I mean, you almost can divide it up into various application spaces, even with even at the high level of the grid, because you've got things like uh, facility and university campuses, uh, manufacturing, uh, microgrids, and then you've got um, large grids and major utility sections. Where do you, in the UK, for example, where is it? Is it creeping up from the bottom or is it coming down from the top or how is that deploying right now? You know, Alex, that's a really good point to make. And I think one of the things some customers, uh, some utility customers are struggling with is it's actually happening in both directions simultaneously. You bring up a really interesting uh, challenge for the industry, which is microgrids. Um, because I think I think many 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 businesses are going to start, and uh, Walmart and a number of the large retail businesses in the United States have already started announcing that they would like to get to a microgrid environment sometime over the next fifteen twenty years. And so, how do, how does a utility engage with those customers in a, not a competitive way, but in a, a partnering way to say, look, the reliable backflow of electricity in case something happens on the microgrid that reliable, resilient network is, is there for you, but we also understand that you have new challenges that you have to um, take into account and serve from the microgrid. So I think that's very much happening, and then also there's been a lot of investment in alternative energy generation sources. So it's sort of mm-hmm. coming in from the, from the high-voltage side and from the low-voltage side and, and really creating an interesting environment for utilities to, to work in over the next 20 years. Well, it is. It's a when you think about it. Well, also, we've discussed this in the past. Is power has changed from just a collection of technologies that people applied to whatever they needed to do. It really is a philosophy. If you don't go into the design thinking about power, you're going to be in real trouble on the back end when you have either higher costs or lower efficiencies or higher thermal management issues or all the things that people didn't care about 20 years ago. So, um, how do you? What do you do now to help these? companies migrate to this new mindset? What we're doing right now is spending time working with utilities on really understanding what they have in their grid today. Um, and we're doing that with monitoring technology, both hardware and software, because the first step towards understanding where they need to invest money in the future is really understanding what capacity they have today. So that's one area that we're really spending a lot of time on with our customers. And then the other area is finding hopefully innovative ways to get renewable energy, uh, distributed generation onto the network more quickly so that it doesn't have to be a 10-year period where they're doing surveys and um, reinforcing the grid, that we can start to get tomorrow here today by actively monitoring all this distributed generation. Um, And Alex, I think you pointed out something that's really fascinating as well, which is electricity in general and our dependence on energy and power 
isn't diminishing. It's actually increasing, but we're using energy in such different ways. I mean, we all carry around very sophisticated batteries in our cell phones and our laptops and our iPads and all of the equipment that we um, carry around. And I think it's really interesting what Tesla is doing in the battery space. And you can see in the future, you know, cars are going to be a low voltage source of energy for us where maybe there's multiple mm-hmm. batteries in a home and you're charging your solar panels with your batteries and that's charging the car and provide some sort of microgrid inside your house. And all of this I think is, is going to be really, really exciting and also really, really challenging for utilities. Agreed. Agreed. Well, <clears throat> Eric, as you know, I always give the last word in my show to the guest. So you could talk a little bit more about uh, what Tollgrade's doing or about the industry or just a tip for our audience. Uh, but for now, the floor is yours. <laughs> Appreciate that. And I, I think one of the things that I'd like to leave everybody with today is just how d- dynamic our utility grid is going to become over the next 20, 25, 30 years, which is really exciting to me as a, uh, a vendor in this space, but also just as a consumer of electricity and somebody that's interested in the earth we're really moving in radical ways to reduce our, our greenhouse, um, what, what we're doing to the earth in terms of greenhouse gas and emissions. And that's why what the UK is doing by trying to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by 80% in, you know, in 2050, and the fact that Germany is already half of their generation is renewable energy. I mean, I think all of these things are really, really exciting. And the challenge is how do we get to that point um, as quickly as possible. So here at Tollgrade, we're really excited to have monitoring technology and analytics software to help utilities get there, and um, really looking forward to seeing where the industry continues to evolve to. Oh, on that, Eric, you and I are in complete agreement as well. And that's always the funny thing about this show is very often uh, these interviews and discussions turn into uh, just huge agreement fests. But the bottom line <laughs> is... is um, well, but, but it, this is all important, and we are creating it as we go along, and it is going to change the way society functions. And it's not going to be dangerous for legacies, legacy companies and technologies if they migrate now. So I think it's all – it's just a challenging, beautiful place. I agree with you completely there. So I'm really glad you came on the show today to tell us all about it. Thanks again for the opportunity, and I'd love to come back anytime. We will bring you back again. Don't worry about that. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Pauls from Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.